0: Uh, (laughs) What's up? I see those those horns Horns thrown, welcome to a new episode (laughs) of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman And this guy New song, this guy next
1: to me We got a new song, this is is Jason Jason uh,
0: Come on in on the threes and fours That's my Uh, kind of music. Yeah, there we
1: go. We decided to update ourselves a little bit. Love the quarantine, love the music, but we decided it was time to to do a little custom Cliff and Jason music. By the way, I am Jason. I'm here. I am the deliverer of said music, not the creator of said music. That was a really (laughs) great guy named Kyle McGraw. Um, And welcome to Stuck at Home, um, your show where we go over all the different shows we love and want you to love.
0: Yep, we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, and where to stream it. And as a
1: bonus today, um, oh, and hi, Nancy. It's so good to see you. We're glad to see
0: you too. Nancy. Um, Nancy.
1: And on top of it today, what we're going to be doing a little bit, we got an interview scheduled and hopefully, um, everything's good. We're just waiting on our, our guests to arrive, but, uh, we're going to be t- take the second half of this uh, show on uh, the stereo app, which is a new app out there on the phones. And it's a very easy one to download. We're going to stay on here so you can hear us and you don't have to leave. But it's definitely something that we've been doing a little more of. There's a lot of fun question and answer stuff we get to do there. We have a lot of, we got new fans over there and they ask questions. You guys can You guys can join in. It's a lot more of a collaborative show on that side. And that's how we're going to do the news today
0: and see how it works. Yeah, and you can stay here, right? And watch oh, Yeah, you can too. stay here and listen. You
1: won't be able See? to uh, comment. You could comment with the text like you always do, but if you want to leave a voicemail message, you'll need to leave it on the stereo app. It's really easy to do. Um, if you have a chance to download it before we get going, you should get going on it. Um, so we have a really cool guest today. Um, he was actually one of the last comics that I saw uh, before... Uh,
0: in the before time.
1: In the before times, which I call everything. I call everything the before times. I call the way my <laughs> wife dresses now since... After quarantine, I remember I asked her, Do you remember what your pants looked like in the before times?
0: Um. <laughs> the before times. That's what it was. That's what it is. That's why we changed the music. Listen, if you're not banging your head right now, you know, we're all banging our head a little. And that's okay. That's Just okay. But the bit. before Just times, he was literally the last comedian you saw.
1: He's literally the last comedian I saw before the before times, Michael Costa, who also happens to be a, a pretty damn good yes. tennis player.
0: He was a ranked eight forty eight in the ATP, right? I think yep. as an overall singles player, he played University of Illinois, and I believe he was a coach too. Yeah. So you know, this guy is uh hes diverse. Yet you know, tennis, stand up—he's a one-on-one guy. He's a yes. correspondent. He wants to take it right to you.
1: He's a man, man. Um, he did wants you play to any, serve it. Did you play? Did you play any tennis? Did you ever play any tennis? Yeah, that but seems like from a, Long Island. You're from Long Island, so no. No a Jew from Long Island, yes, of course. We oh, tennis, I don't know basketball. what that means. Like, I don't know oh, if yeah. that means you play soccer. I don't know what the. I don't know any okay, of so the. Let me tell you. Let
0: me tell you. Uh, Jew uh, sports, yeah, baseball. I don't yeah, know
1: you the you stereotypes. Did... I don't know tennis stereotypes. Tell me.
0: So, little league, for sure. You did baseball. Then you have a big contingency of Jewish kids and Jewish adults, unfortunately, who all think they can ball. Mm-hmm. They all think they can play basketball. Instead, and, and some of them are good. But, you know, let's just be fair. When was the last Jewish guy you saw in the NBA?
1: Uh, I don't know. I can't think of the last one.
0: So to every Jewish guy that I've ever known in my life, dude, you can't really ball. I mean, now, I just accept that I can't ball at all. And you played a little Little League. You did tennis. Because, you know, it's like one-on-one. You get to dress nice. You can play any day. You can take the Sabbath off. And on top of it, you know, there's an indoor tennis thing. And then that's a a natural uh, progression to racquetball. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: And you know I, I'm sorry. You know, I want to make an apology to, uh, uh, Dolph Schalix and Art Heyman and Rudy LaRusso, what? um, and Nat H- Aussie Schlechtman What's and Barney on? Cedran and Bernard Hopper and Bobby Rosenfield and Sidney Heisberg.
0: Are these all the Jews uh, in the NBA? Uh,
1: and Ralph Kapolowitz. These are all the Jews that I can find that play basketball.
0: None of them from this, like this generation. J- yeah, millennium. none of them this century. Oh, no, not yeah, at that's all. what I'm saying. It's, this
1: is this is. And by the way, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's Leo okay, Goitlev but... and Eddie goatleb I'm also sorry to you guys, Oli Volchok. Uh, you know, but you know who is you know who is Jewish? David Stern, head of the NBA. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, and this is why people are upset <laughs> with us. Um, no, so, yes, yeah, so- so we play we play tennis, but but we're, again, we don't see him as a Wimbledon. I, I mean, you know, I think where you see us is in baseball. That's where we're, like uh, Jews Andy can excel. Goldback. Yeah. You know, you always get random here and there, but it, literally we excel in baseball and, 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 you know, in tennis, it's good because we can play it. It's social. Oh, and golf. Golf is another one. Oh, yeah, Again, well, we're not in the know, PGA, look but at golf.
1: Any sort of stereotype in that, in that sector and not mm-hmm. that it's a stereotype. I look at like, uh, you know, it's the doubles match at the, um, at the country club. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. The two, the, 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 the parents that play that play tennis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but the Marty Goldberg who they, plays tennis. Yeah. It's mixed yeah. doubles, but it's a metaphor for their marriage.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Every all of it, it all comes out on the court, and then there's there's like the 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 boy, and then there's like the daughter who goes to the pool. Like there, it's a Caddyshack movie. Like mm. that's where the way I see it. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, and and you know um, what else is a Jewish sport is bridge. Mm. Bridge. If poker's a sport, then bridge is a sport.
1: That's I hundred percent. Like, there was a there was a I I just read about this the other day. There was a mass bridge cheating scandal that went on, um, and like they were just coughing. No money. It was That's just for Kid was based on winning. But there was like a, a, an elaborate coughing uh, scheme that was done just to win the championship. No money again would have changed hands just for Are the trophy. This up? No, this is it a coughing scheme? Yeah, what they coughed. They just they had a series of different coughs so that they could figure out how to cheat each other yeah that, crazy right
0: that just gives you a real insight into the demographic and the age of a of a bridge player right Where coughing all the time through a match is is acceptable and normal you're old yeah you're that's old. right that's <laughs> you're old uh, so should we start talking about stuff and then you know yeah he's so we, it looks like he's got
1: about um he's gonna be about 10 minutes late uh he'll be here in about 10 minutes so we'll just uh yeah. Let's talk about let's some things start. in the meantime. Yeah. Let's start
0: talking about some stuff because we always run out of time. Anyway, you know what we could start with if you want. I, and then I'm open by the way, cause I love how you structure things, but okay. we definitely have mank to talk about. Right. Well, let's talk, let's talk some, uh, let's talk some mank. What's up, manc? You man? That's
1: not that kind of mank, right? That's not mank. What's, What's up, mank?
0: Mank, mank. What's up, mank?
1: Yeah, mank, mank, mank.
0: Uh, you want me to? You, Is, me to, you, you know, it's, to be fair, Mank
1: was one of my top three ska bands. I'm just kidding. I don't know.
0: Oh wow, that would have not been a bad name. <laughs> I know, right? For yeah, I mean, listen. You know, um, by the way, Mank no and Pickle. Was, no, doubt was a ska band. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think at some point Gwen Stefani owned a juice a juicery in Orange <laughs> County with her parents before she got famous.
1: Now You know that trivia, but uh, you don't know the names of any Jewish basketball players. Because there sure. are none. That's right. That's I mean, right. you know,
0: to know those names would be like to understand, you know, to remember all the names of the Rebbies yeah, I mean, the, uh, Bible. I don't know either.
1: You don't know Sue Bird or Barney Cedran?
0: <laughs> Ralph Coplitz? We're starting this. You know where I wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple of Jews is uh, hockey.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are. You know, actually, there's a few female basketball players that are Jewish. Uh, uh, that Alicia makes Clark. sense.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. They can be Jewish women, very domineering. <laughs> Very, they're they, go, the paint. they go hard in the paint. Yeah, you they know? go hard in the paint. They're on the backboards. Yeah,
1: yeah, they they are on the backboards. They go yeah. hard in the paint. All right, so talk to me about Mank. Let's talk about Mank. Okay, so is, I, before you get into what you thought about you it, tell everybody this. what Mank is.
0: Okay, so Mank is David Fincher's newest movie. With Gary Oldman and uh, a cast of a lot of people, and on top of it, it is his father's screenplay that I don't know if his father's alive or dead. I hope he's alive, but Mm -hmm. his his father's screenplay that he wrote, and he had it for years. Like his whole like it was his passion project, and now his son gets to bring it to fruition and make it. And And David
1: David's dad was a director also, or just a writer? uh,
0: As far as I know, he's a writer. Okay. Okay, but, you know, we don't do the look it up thing, but look it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, it's and, and what he wrote was about the goings-on during the development and making an aftermath of Citizen Kane. The true story of what Mankiewicz, the screenwriter, who wrote Citizen Kane, who actually has, you know, ended up having to fight to get his name on, he was a washed-up alcoholic, you know, this guy for all intents and purposes, and he never really had a huge movie. And then he wrote this masterpiece based on, as you find out, his true experiences with William Randolph Hearst, uh-huh. WR, and his showgirl wife, you know, girlfriend wife, who, you know, who who the girl in Citizen Kane is based on. And I mean, I again, you know I don't read reviews. I've heard things. I've seen some things online. I think I'm in the minority, but let me tell you, man, I, I think this thing is fantastic. I mean, there's some spots where it dips. I, I, you know, I should only make a movie that, that dips like this, but that being said, I, I believe that, and I'm not sure if people pick this up or not or if it's just something I, I'm seeing and I'm totally off, but I feel like Fincher and his dad and this whole team and, and Gary Oldman is, you know, I mean, this guy... It's like he—he's Daniel Day Lewis. You know, the two of them are—you can't—he can do anything. He's just the accents, the voice, the tone, the shoes, the the clothes, his hair, and he—he's a freaking shapeshifter on top of it. Oh yeah, I he mean, is. You know, this guy's getting another Oscar, another Golden Globe. He's getting nominated across the board. That, that being said, um, what I believe Fincher and his dad did here that is so fantastic is they found a way to like remake Citizen Kane. How do you mean? Well, instead of watching Citizen Kane, what you're watching is the real Citizen Kane. So in other words, what you're really watching is Mankiewicz's uh, relationship with William Randolph Hearst and how he was the court jester at William... He was best friends with W.R. and the showgirl and her cousin. And he was very close. He was always at the uh, estate at the Hearst mansion. He He was there all the time. It was like... William Randolph would be, like, uh, his his girlfriend, the Marion, the showgirl, and then William, and uh, and then Mankiewicz. And Mankiewicz would, you know, he was drunk all the time. He was a way over-the-top alcoholic. And, you know, he was literally the, in court, he was the, the court jester.
1: It's interesting when you talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, it just it gives me immediate allusions to, like, F. Scott Fitzgerald and, uh, uh, you know, the Great Gatsby and kind of that relationship. It seems like this was a very true kind of concept, and a way to get your 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 story made was to have like a buddy, just like a third wheel that's a writer, um, and that 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 likes your girlfriend, right? Like if you.
0: (laughs) Well, but you're not wrong. But this was also, you know, you're dealing with the um with the change into talkies, you Mm -hmm. know. So so you're just, you know, you're in the 30s. So we're post depression. You know, we're in FDR and the New Deal. And you know, this is the backdrop of everything. Remember, at this backdrop, Hollywood's uh, still Republican. You got mm-hmm. Louis B. Mayer and MGM. And, uh, you have Mankiewicz's problem with them and all his fights with all of them. And and why I say it's like remaking Citizen Kane, let me be clear, is that what we see in Citizen Kane is this really brilliant haunting depiction of this uh, mogul and his very young girlfriend and this tragic love story with this guy, you know, basically never knowing real love. And the one thing he wanted when his deathbed is his sled, you know, um, and, so he, he you know he it was the only time he was ever happy basically and it's right. this haunting lonely indictment of a dude but and, and what we know in history is that there was a lot of fallout they shelved the picture they were RKO was sued it was a it was a big hullabaloo that being said what we didn't know is why why uh, Orson Welles had it in so mm-hmm. much for William Randolph Hearst mm-hmm. and it turns out it really wasn't him And you really find out what happened, what the schism was between Mank and W.R. and Mm -hmm. the showgirl. And that really gives you a sort of brand new way to watch Citizen Kane.
1: I like it because the old way is kind of boring these days. I I enjoyed it one time. I had to watch it. I'm going to take a hard right turn right now back into the world of stand-up comedy and tennis. Um, oh, really? Okay, so we got Mike. Hype. just showed up. Um, he just got done with this thing, and it's 3.45, so I want to get him on here and going because uh, I want to be mindful of his time. But uh, I'm really excited to talk to him. Like I like we were talking before, he was the last stand-up I saw before uh, in the before times, and uh, it's good to see his face again.
0: Okay so so let's just let, let's do a little introduction so he is a correspondent on the ever so popular the Daily Show. I mean if you don't know that I'm not sure where you are. He's got his new stand-up special on Comedy Central December 11th coming out and he's got his podcast Tennis Anyone available everywhere you buy, listen, rent. Yeah, if, you're,
1: if you're buying podcasts, let me know where you're buying them from because I got a few to sell you.
0: Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Costa. Yeah, let's see if
1: I can get my mouse yeah. To
2: work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Michael Costa. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry for my delay.
0: Oh, that's fine. Don't worry. And, nice, to, uh, nice to see you.
2: It's funny. I actually, in a in a different discussion today, I said rosebud and I don't even know if I said it the way it's, you know, I I kind of said it as if I'm, I'm an intellectual, but what am I, what am I referring to? Innocence? Is that what he's, he's trying to get back to? Is that right?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, though, if you watch, have you, you haven't seen Mank apparently because if you watch Mank one, one thing that's alluded to that I thought was kind of genius was that it was Marion's vagina. Oh, okay. Name for her vagina.
2: So, you know that would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, and and really, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Innocence, though. No, but that, I that, that really
1: takes every conversation you've ever had, but only if you've seen that movie, doesn't it? Though? I mean,
2: <laughs> you know, oh, I feel like it is always about sex or reproduction. When I was listening to Serial, the first the first season, yeah. and they're like, "Did he do it? Did he didn't do it? What were they doing in the Best Buy parking lot?" And I'm like, "They're having sex, everybody! It was sex. It's always sex." sex is always the answer so oh, the i was culprit. just like screaming at the radio and, and that's in and serial that's where i bought my podcast but <laughs> you i you were listening i was listening but i um <laughs> yeah anyway so i'm happy that i that i knew to say rosebud but now i have a better idea of what it is thank you for having me and uh yeah it's just it's 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 <laughs> nice goal. to be it's nice to see other people and like try to pretend like we're connecting in real life so thank you
0: we are connecting michael costa and welcome to the show and are you in l.a
2: I'm in Brooklyn. Um, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, Bed-Stuy. you know, mm-hmm. tall white guy who plays tennis. Yeah, Bed, when I was Bed-Stuy. growing up,
0: you couldn't walk in. Bed-Stuy was a whole. <laughs> yeah. you to, if you're going to a factory or something, you can go there, you know, but you are not really looking it's, to go there.
2: It's pretty wild seeing the changes and trying to be someone that isn't um, uh, being out of touch and unaware of the changes. So, but. Yeah. The money, man. The money in this city is out of control, and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens to New York after all of this, if there is an after. Maybe this is it from now on. I don't know.
0: This is the new normal. By the way, before yeah. I go any further, is that a is that a uh, a portrait of you behind you?
2: I'm not even sure what you're talking about. What exactly is it that? <laughs> yeah, that's that is me. Um, yeah, look at that. It's, it's self-aware. I'm aware. <laughs> my fantastic. favorite. My favorite is when people don't mention it.
0: Oh, no, because then they're like,
2: it. oh, oh, shit. They think that I just have this up. Oh, yeah. You they know? think
0: you're like uh, Patrick Bateman.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. No, shh. Don't upset me. Yeah, it does. yeah this was made for me for a, a TV a pilot that failed miserably. And I loved it. And it's up as a nice reminder. One, good job to the <laughs> artist. Like yeah. you did a nice job. But also, two, this is a silly business. Take it. Be silly. Be self-aware. And hang your own face on the wall.
0: Amen to that. So I yeah. want to jump back to this thing that you did called tennis.
2: Sure. <laughs>
0: so you you were you know for all you went to University of Illinois. That, uh, That's right. Illinois, yep. Excuse me. Yep. And, yep. and uh, you had a scholarship there. That's right. Yep. And all you did was play tennis.
2: Yeah, I played tennis and occasionally mm-hmm. studied. Uh, I started a business major and then quickly, quickly moved to communications. <laughs> Right. Uh, and still don't know what you do with a speech communication degree. I guess I'm doing it. You doing um, what you are. Yes. But yeah, it was a full-time job. And also we were good. We were the number one team in the country for two years. Top uh, ten
0: tennis, tennis yeah. team.
2: Yeah, we were we were very, good. And um number one. It was treated nice. as a full it was <laughs> I, I love that you know that it was treated as a full-time job. And you know, the NCAA says you only get 40 hours a week to work on it, but everyone knows that. Your coaches don't really adhere to that.
0: Yeah, forty hours a week to work on it, my ass. Yeah, and and, yeah. and you went from so so you went you were I, I think as it is like eight forty eight somewhere in the top nine hundred of all the singles,
2: right? Yeah, and yeah. That,
0: that's amazing. So, what happens? Where do you? I mean, by the way, congratulations! Thank you. I don't know that I've been top nine hundred of anything in my life ever. So that it's a sick accomplishment. So, so what happens? So, because tennis to stand up to me, and tennis to being a correspondent to me, it all seems very similar. You're in people's faces. You're serving right at them. Sure. You're going out to get them, and you're on the court one on one, right? Pretty much, it's you and they either you're going to win or lose.
2: I, I think you nailed it, and and no one ever nails it. Everyone always goes, "How did you go from <laughs> tennis to comedy?" And I'm like, "You're all by yourself. You're trying to defeat something or someone. If you make an ass of yourself, everyone sees it." They're very similar. The, the biggest difference is that in comedy, you can sleep pretty much as late as you want. Um, tennis,
0: you got to get your ass up.
2: Tennis, you better get up. You better. You better. You better be practicing. So, yeah. uh, I like. I like people. I like working together. I like collaborating, but I guess as I'm looking at my life right now, I, I want to be the lead dog. I want to try to solve this riddle uh, on my own. Doesn't mean I solve it. If anything, when you fail as an individual sport, it hurts even more uh, because you can't pass the ball to somebody else, but stand up. You're alone, man. You're isolated. And if you have a great set, man, you do feel like a God. And if you have a bad set, they have fully and entirely rejected you.
0: Yeah, there's no it's done. It's, it's not like take it as a group. You definitely take it personal.
2: Hey, when Steve <laughs> made that choice in the scene, it really screwed things up. No, you made the choice and you screwed it up.
0: Yeah, you basically sucked is what we're you, all saying.
2: You yeah. sucked. And there's a reason, yeah. you know, why do we sweat when we bomb on stage? Because our body actually is going into flight mode. Get me out of here. Let me leave. This is not a safe environment. So I always know I'm bombing. I mean, I can always feel when I'm bombing, but I really know I'm bombing when I look down and it's just, it's just the sweat. And I go, oh God, here we go.
1: I get that. That happens to me every time I try and do swing dancing lessons with my wife, that same sweat every other time. I must be terrified of swing dancing and I didn't even know. You you and your wife did a lot of stuff before in the before it's, times.
2: It's definitely triggering something in you, swing <laughs> dance. Probably, yo, why do I keep saying yes to this terrible That's thing? That's
1: it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the Lindy Hop is. I've learned it 20 times. I still don't know.
0: Yeah, it was ironic in swingers, Jason. It was irony. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, okay. So we know you do this, right? So, so you decide, all right, I'm going to go now and uh, I'm not going to do tennis anymore, but you become a coach, correct? That's right.
2: Yeah. I, I was, I was offered the assistant coaching position at university of Michigan men's team. Yeah.
0: And So how long did you stay there for?
2: I was there for two years and, and, That's really the reason I got into comedy because for once in my life, I was now stationed in a singular spot. You know, when you're playing tennis, it's just every week, you know, you play 45, 46 weeks a year, you're somewhere new, you're somewhere new, you're somewhere new. So now I'm stationed in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Ann Arbor is this awesome little college town, like a Madison or a Berkeley, where they appreciate the arts, they fund the arts, they support the arts. And there was an open mic. Every night, you know, I live downtown and I would coach tennis and then I would go, this is terrible, but it's paying the bills right now. So I'll yeah. have a couple beers. I'll write some jokes down and I would go watch open mics. And all of a sudden I was I was stationed in a place and I signed up for some open mics. And here's the best part about stand up comedy. You don't have to be good to start. You can just start. You have to have guts. Right. And, in my, and in my case, guts was like four founders IPAs. And then you go. Perform after that. I can do this. <laughs> I can, I am funny. <laughs> I didn't think I was before I ordered these four drinks, but now I know I am.
0: Right. <laughs> How do you not find me
2: funny? Yeah, did you yeah.
0: bomb your first time? Do you remember? Or did you
2: coach? I did okay. I, I definitely remember because it's such a memorable moment in your life, especially as, as you continue to do comedy. I didn't bomb. I didn't blow the place away. Um, but I felt something. And what I felt was, this is fun. I like this. A lot of decisions in my past started to make sense when I realized, Oh, I was just searching for this kind of uh, unbridled attention. And I hate to admit that cause it sounds like so lame, but I actually became, I actually became a more pleasant person to be around. Once I started to go on stage because I was getting my fix at this location. I didn't have to be the annoying guy at the wedding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, here this is a lot of my friends who are stand-ups too. It's a, you know, it's the reason they're able to function during the day. It's like yeah. this, you know, you're you're exercising all these demons every night and uh you get to move on. And
2: then You get to move on. And for some people it's uh taking a jog, for some people it's, you know, hitting some heroin, for others it's stand-up <laughs> comedy and I think it's a it's a pretty fine one. As far as health is concerned, it's okay.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with heroin and stand-up are probably the best yeah. mix. But what I, what's interesting, I ask a lot of stand-ups is this, is is you had your first time, you didn't bomb, you didn't, you didn't kill it, right? But you still felt that thing. And this yeah. is the differentiation that I ask, right? Okay, stand-up, it's one of two things that happens. You either get the high from the kill, and that's mm-hmm. what you're chasing, or you're just getting it from the set, whether you bomb or you kill. You're, you seem like, are you in that way? Or?
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really, it was many years later until I actually felt like I, I killed. Um, mm. It just, you know, it, they say you don't pick it, it picks you. And all of a sudden, every teacher evaluation in elementary school said, Michael is really funny, but he always disrupts us. Or if I was gone for a day and then I would come back, they would say, we got so much done yesterday. All of a sudden, all these things in my life where I'm at the dinner table with my three older siblings and I cannot get a word in. I cannot get a word in. I'm fighting and I'm trying to get mom and dad to look at me just for a quick second. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I perform stand-up comedy and it just fulfilled all of those voids. And we're talking a four-minute set. I got all of that in four minutes. <laughs> so... um it is powerful. I mean, it is powerful. And there's also people that yeah. perform and say, I'm never doing this again. And that's okay too. Good, go. Was we don't need more competition. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah.
0: Let, let, let the stage be. It's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. And, and, okay, so so this is now, you know, you're getting to do something on The Daily Show, which for all intents and purposes, it's one of the biggest shows around. And you're full-on correspondent. You get to go and travel, right? You get to do all these fun things and you're a part of the conversation. So tell me how this comes about and tell me what the dream is like. Cause I know it's gotta be like kind of a dream come
2: true. For sure. It's a dream come true. after that. Oh, that's okay. No, this is fun to talk about this stuff. I mean, you know, I, people ask me all the time, what's next. And I go, well, in my dreams, I didn't get after this, you know, I, I was,
0: I'm I'm good.
2: (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I was (laughs) laying on the ground at my home uh, in Michigan, watching Craig Kilborn's daily show laughing at Craig Kilborn hosting the daily show and thinking what is it like in that writers room what is a writers room how could i even get on this thing so you know i feel privileged i feel honored it's been 15 years of stand up comedy i don't feel like it was handed to me easily but um i love being i call it comedy phd you know i'm i am around constantly people funnier and smarter than me and it just feels like this wave of learning so uh an audition a, a, a position opened up. The audition came across my email through my agent. And, you know, in stand up, lots of times you're performing these gigs and you're going, What is all this for? It's 11 people. I made $32. I bought <laughs> dinner. So I really only made $8. But through the process of this, I developed some material that was poignant to our society. And then all of a sudden, The Daily Show says, Hey, write an original piece in the voice of of yourself criticizing or critiquing society. And I go, Oh my God, that's what I do every single night. So I kind (laughs) of pulled, I don't know if I kind of pulled some of my own material that was about the world and used it for an audition. And all of a sudden I got their attention and got booked. And I'm glad I went and did those crappy shows in Silver Lake in the basement where, you know, everybody hates you.
0: They all fucking helped, right?
2: (laughs) They all helped, everything helps. And And this is every profession. You're sitting here going, what am I doing? It is helping you. It doesn't always feel like it, but it is.
0: Yeah, again, you're sitting, like you said, it wasn't fun from what it sounded like coaching tennis. You're like, this sucks. You didn't seem to like it too much. Yet yeah, you were getting something from it. it was getting something.
2: Yeah, no, I was getting, you know, at that point I was getting health care <laughs> from it. But uh, I remember thinking I made $28,500 coaching at Michigan. Whew. And the, the head coach said to me, hey, if you work these camps, uh, we'll give you an extra four grand. Now so I said, okay, sure, four grand. The camps were like sixteen hour days, you know, all July in the sun. And I remember thinking, thirty two thousand a year. I think I could be a poor comic. Now, my first year in comedy, I think I made, you know, forty two hundred dollars. You know, nothing. Right, right. But but I was said, if I'm going to be poor, let me be poor and do something I I, I am passionate about.
0: And now we get to... Co- oh, hi, Jason. Okay, okay. We got something? Oh, no. I was going to just talk. Uh, the first time I saw uh,
1: you, Michael, uh, perform was at Clusterfest. Oh, cool. Uh, a yeah. years ago. And it was during the day, uh, which yeah. is, I think is a weird time for comedy. Like, when it's light outside, it was outside. Yeah. It was outside. And the, the way they had everything set up was they had these VIP seats in the front. Huh. And... Nobody that's VIP is showing up for daytime comedy. So it's completely empty. And everybody is actually having to stand about 20 or 30 feet back from the stage um, behind the the barriers for the regulars. So they basically set up a comedy stage where you could have no audience except people like 20 feet away from you. Um we were lucky enough to have seats, so I'm a. I, we, it was it was a COVID nineteen show before that before. even existed. <laughs> but I, I'm just telling you, like you got you kept kept people's attention in the light in the light times, like in the day times, and it was just such a really funny, funny, like compelling thing. My wife, uh, she's not a stand up person, but we sat there and we watched, yeah. and we we're like, Maybe we'll get food, and then she sat. And we're watching this, and uh, I just really remember that that uh, you kind of you came out like it was like finally like somebody our age talking about our stuff. So I, so
2: I hate, really nice. I, hey, I really appreciate that. And you know, I, I, I remember that show. I remember all shows and Do you, uh, you,
0: remember every show you've done. I remember
2: every show. I mean, I can't, you know, I know if I can wow. tell you every joke I did, but I remember that show and uh, I remember the sun going down. I remember, I remember looking at my watch when I, I think Ronnie Chang was on before me. Yep. And I remember thinking if he only, he could go long, it might be dark. <laughs> It might exactly. be dark by the time I get on but it wasn't it was bright yeah.
1: I think that there's I've only seen a couple of people that can pull it off but stand up comedy in the light of day is such a weird <laughs> a weird place to have it
2: you're right
0: yeah you're right. If, you, if you like someone during the daytime that's when you know you're dating yeah
2: exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no it's, it's, it's absolutely right yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. okay
0: so so but but you waited now so you waited a while I have to say doing all this doing the daily show now finally you're doing this is your first hour special for comedy Central for anyone right. really that's right? right so how are you feeling
2: i feel great i mean i like how you use the word waiting as if right. i haven't been put you know asking for it no,
0: you've but been waiting. Uh, you've even been waiting, waiting
2: that's a that's a great way Biding
0: your time it. Yeah,
2: yeah yeah um yeah i've been i've been you know happy to be a stand-up comic who hits the road and does the giggle garage and does the you know whatever those silly street hecking the haha cafe um, I don't, th- you know, I like that. Oh, I think nice. they're fun. So, but I will say this, when the opportunity came along to do an hour, I was very happy to showcase that. And, um, yeah, You need I, to
1: tell your, um, your, uh, your agent to stop booking you at like children's gymnasiums. Um, I think you do <laughs> a lot better.
2: <laughs> there are some rough ones. Hey, and, and one of the nicest, nicest, nicest parts of having a TV job is you can say no to some stuff.
0: No is powerful, and right?
2: No is powerful. And yeah. it's also just something that I was like, oh, this feels really good to say no to this. Um, but there are times when you can't say no. And, and and you know, and that's okay, too. So,
0: yeah.
2: um, so when did
1: you film this? This is Detroit, New York, and L.A. Yeah, three, yeah, so, three places.
2: Yeah, three different cities. I wanted to, one, take the viewer... Not just to this theater, you know, not just the oh my god, it's his special. He's just standing in this beautiful theater for an hour. I wanted to show people hey, we're gonna do some of that. We're gonna do a beautiful theater in downtown Detroit, my hometown. It feels like a home game, you know, everybody's there to support me. But then within 10 minutes, uh, I'm on a bicycle in the middle of Manhattan. It's freezing. We're going to a basement comedy club, the New York Comedy Club. It is gritty, it is raw, it is dark, it is intimate. And, uh, I want to show people what comedy is like usually. <laughs> uh, right. yeah. And then from there we moved to Los Angeles to the Hollywood improv off of Melrose. Uh, I came up with the idea cause it's my path. I started in the Midwest, then I went to the coasts and I bounced around and also I know how you watch TV. Now you watch with the screen in this hand and a laptop in this hand and looking at the TV, I'm trying really just to get people to keep their fucking eyes <laughs> on the TV. Oh shit. Did they go to New York? How did I miss that? So what happened? Um, Those are yeah. bricks now. That's the improv. What's going on? Second. Yeah, So <laughs> we've got to um, pay attention. They're but it's really al- g- it's also a Locking. it's also yeah it's also a statement on every audience is different. Every city is different. Performing in all of them takes a skill set, but also a good joke is a good joke is a good joke. People will laugh at a funny joke. Doesn't matter where you are.
0: Amen. And and by the way, you, you're doing that every day with with your podcast, which, which you know, he's staying in brand, Jason, Tennis Anyone.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, I want to get the most passionate 64 listeners a week that I can get. <laughs> so I focused on men's, more or less men's, professional tennis. And, I, you know, look, this week's Tennis Anyone podcast, there's not a lot going on in the tennis world. So I talk about vaccines for 15 minutes. So, you know.
0: But listen, isn't tennis a metaphor from for so many things?
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, if if uh, it's it's kind of what I'm passionate about. And man, I know you know this quarantine. You yeah. just got you. You got to create stuff. It's the only thing that makes me happy is creating something.
0: Yeah, uh, Jason and I. I mean, that's where this show really stemmed from when we started this journey. It was not this, and and the quarantine built this. And thank God, thank you, Jason. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just going to say, t- tennis built this. My my dad plays tennis. Um, that's how he got it. That's how he met his wife. Like yeah. that. Like he was te- the tennis coach. He was the the man. Meet like that. Oh, that God. was another he's, way. He's to putting his on. hands like, on her
2: hips, telling yeah. her how to move.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's listening right now, but like my dad, like that was the other Sounds way you like could have gone, Michael. You could have gone with the, I'm just going to instruct the ladies right. and then marry into like, you know, he now he has a ranch with llamas. All yeah, that Hill was Christ off the Country table Club. before. Could've he's worked, a, yeah, he's a poor Country. Mexican boy from uh, Martinez. Reveal, and uh, then he got into tennis and, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> well, you know, free. it's funny. It's funny you say that. When I moved to L.A., I, I wanted really hard to not teach tennis because um, I just wanted to be a comic. I wanted to focus on comedy. But I got a call from a friend that, that knew me in the, in the tennis world and said, hey, I can't teach this, like, A-list celebrity on Tuesday. Can you cover for me? You got to promise you won't steal her as a client.
0: Scarlett Johansson.
2: No, no, no. I'm, I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what it is. Anyways. so
0: Scarlett Johansson.
2: No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> so I'm like sure but but my favorite part about this was that the other coach was like made me promise I wouldn't steal her client and I'm like That's God so like, like I'm not gonna do that but thank you for the opportunity So I teach this woman <laughs> it's at their private core their husband's a rock star blah 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 um she's a famous actress she's getting ready to pay me and this is why I love rich famous people. she never even asked. What it cost, right? Right, and also I never even thought about it. So she said, "What do I pay you?" And I'm like, "What's the highest number that I can say?" Uh, you know. So I said, "This is for one hour." I said like four hundred and fifty dollars, uh-huh. and she doesn't even blink. It's paid for. I look at the check. It's from their entertainment fund. So th- these two famous people, they just have a fund for this. Right. For the, and I'm just like, God damn it! I could have said five thousand. <laughs> right. Um, it's but it this. was,
0: yeah.
2: it, it, but I also was, tr- I was like, don't fall into this LA trap. You, you'll yeah. be 10 years from now, you'll be doing this and you'll have yeah. nothing to show for yourself other than a bunch of, bunch of money and, and a great Rolodex. Yeah, but- a bunch and, of
1: and towels at your house covered in spray <laughs> tan juice. You know, that's about all you'd have.
0: Yeah. By the <laughs> way, this has been so much fun. dude. Seriously, <laughs> Jason, how are, are we doing on time? We're doing good. We got to wrap it up. But, uh, uh okay. But, dude, uh, well, two things.
1: One, we so want, nice. I want to talk a little bit more about the, 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 get into the pieces, but you please come back. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more. And I'd actually like to dig into the tennis a little bit more. Cause, uh, sure. That's where big fans.
2: I really appreciate it. And my special's out. I'm not sure when this airs, but it's out Friday, December 11th on yep. comedy central. Um, and it should be out online eventually. <laughs> Uh, And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it, and I want people to watch it. I mean, is that can I get more of a desperate plea than that?
1: <laughs> people should. No, we will it. desperately plea <laughs> for you. But it is December 11th. Everybody that's listening to it now—that's Friday. Everybody else will hear it tomorrow in the podcast. So we'll get everybody cool. there. Um, I'm definitely going to tune in. And we, uh, your your social is Michael Costa at Michael. Costa, yeah, it's just at, at Michael, Costa.
2: Michael Costa for everything. You can also just Google it and the Tennis Anyone podcast. If you're into tennis. You will love the podcast. If you're not in the tennis, you will like the
1: podcast. <laughs> it's a win win. It's that's a win win. That's kind of how we deal with we We work with the Sklars and they do their sports show, and it's oh, one totally. of those things. Same, yeah. same thing.
2: <laughs> those guys right are on. great.
1: Michael, thank you so much for yeah, being good. here. We this really appreciate awesome, you. Thank you, for taking some time to know how busy you are. Thank Obviously. you very much. And
0: congratulations on everything.
2: Thank you.
1: Goodbye. See you later,
0: Michael.
2: Yeah.
0: What a Good guy. Oh, yeah. He's so great. He's so sweet. What a nice man. I really like that guy and funny. I mean, you know, really I mean, funny nice. and
1: pleasant and like, like just nice, normal, nice. Like, I, I guess that's that Midwestern
0: drive. nice. Yeah, I guess it is. Right. It's like yeah. the, you know, uh, the no accent, you know, you can be from anywhere, get, you know, fit right in. And that's yeah. uh, so sweet.
1: So, uh, everybody out there, we're, while we're getting this all set up, I just want to let you know, today is a very important day for me. Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, which is the only game I've been looking forward to this year, except for uh, Tony Hawk. It just came out, and one of the things that I found out you can do in this game, and I've been messing with all day, is you can give yourself a dangle. It actually has the option to turn your penis on, off, small, big, floppy. There's a couple different versions of it, cirked, uncirked, all whole bit. Right? I get to do that, or I can give me, or I, or I can give myself a G. I can give myself a VJ. whatever I this want. This is real. This is real. This is real. The only thing you cannot do is apply undies to that P, and that is why this game is only going to get a 95% from me, because it would get 100% if it would just get to the V.
0: I don't understand. <laughs> okay, so so now, are you going to take this, and are you going to push it into undies? Oh, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I'm trying I'm to do just... this. I swear I am, and... It keeps saying I've accepted the show, and then if I click on the show, it goes, "Oops, unfortunately, that show is no longer available." And this is our fault, people. Stereo is actually incredibly easy to use. It's just me. Well, I put a new one out there for you, four ten. You got to accept the new one. Yeah, but it's not showing me the new one. That's where the problem lies. Oh. All right, yeah.
1: here's what I'm going to do. I here's know, what I'm going to do. It's me, though, guys. Anyone gonna do. who's
0: listening, this is always me.
1: It is always you, but that's yeah. okay. It's always you. It's always you. It's it's always been you. Here,
0: watch this. Watch this. Watch this. There you go. you have always yeah, been just... the innkeeper. You've always been the caretaker. Oh, here it is. Cool. All, right. all right. You're going to switch
1: over. Right. What do you do? What do you do?
0: I already did it. All
1: right. You all switched over? Yeah. All right. All right. You're going to turn yourself do you down me? just a little bit. Or you won't let me turn myself up. All right. We're live on the stereo app. And at the same time, we're live out there and everybody. So what I was talking about. Okay. Cyberpunk 2077. It gives you the option to add nipples, remove nipples, Add a penis, remove a penis, add a vagina, put some pubic hair on there. It's the whole bit. It's like this is the ultimate role-playing game if you're in the future, 2077. You can have, like, a tattoo and an electronic thing installed into your your body, and you can also give yourself a wang. And all I'm saying is a little DLC would be good. A little bit of that kind of in-game content would be a great way to go with this, right? Add me undies add me undies. It could be a, it could be a downloadable pack. You could go to stuck at home or you could go to me offer code stuck. And then you could have your, your, your undies, your real me undies put into the game. That's all I'm going. That's what I'm asking for. You can Project do that. CD have your real me undies put in the game. No, you can't. I'm just asking. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. That's what I want. That's what I want to, 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 to really <laughs> add to the realism of this. I'd like P we got the P now let's get the me in there. You know what I mean?
0: I do. I, did, I, I actually am following you. And I will say, very clever, Jason. Very clever. And just like me undies. And by the way, I was wearing the loungewear pants last night, and I took them off, and my legs started screaming at me. They were so oh, mad. You? Well, you, you know. Off. Yeah, and then put it's them back so on. It's so comfortable. Uh, well, listen, so I took it off, and then I decided that this is so comfortable, I'm going to have to buy these for a few people, just as like random stocking stuffer gifts. So I went online, right. and I did that. And well, that's awesome. I, I, listen, and I bought some of the dog stuff too. I want my dogs.
1: <laughs> of course you did.
0: Of I course did. you did. I do. I'm just, I'm just saying, I want my dogs and me undies. I want everybody to buy presents. It's free shipping. Okay. This is all the micromodal, super comfortable. What'd you say? Me offer code stuck.
1: Offer code stuck. Get them, get them, put that, get, get your me for your pee. All right. We got, we got some news and um, uh, hopefully we'll get some uh, comments and some questions, but uh, I wanted to go over some things with you. Um, number one. Oh, I'm right here. I'm right here. All right. So, little news. So, Alfred Molina. We know who Alfred Molina is, right? Boogie Nights. Very, very famous actor. He was at the. If you don't know him, he was at the beginning of uh, the first Indiana Jones. Uh, Throw me the whip. (laughs) No time to argue. Throw me the title. Yeah. um, But also, he's been in a lot of stuff since then, um, including playing Doc Ock in the in the Spider Man Two with Sam Raimi. Well, it turns out that. Alfred Molina is going to reprise his role in the newest Spider-Man movie that'll be coming out Christmas 2021.
0: Are you excited? I was reading this. I did read a little about, and I thought of you immediately, obviously. Are you excited about this, the Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and everyone's returning? Is this a big deal for you? Um, to a point it is because
1: it's potentially opening up for what is called the Spider-Verse, which is one of the more interesting kind of, of the last 10 years, uh, stories of Spider-Man where it's a lot more complicated than it was in that movie, that cartoon that they put out, the, uh, the, the, the Spider-Man Spider-Verse movie, um, which it was about like vampires that lived off the spider essence. And it was a real kind of convoluted thing, but they figured out a way to really streamline it and a lot there, but it brought in a lot of different spider man from, you know, UK Spider-Man, Australian Spider-Man, Japanese Spider-Man, Spider-Man uh, that, from the noir era and all that stuff. So what they're going to try and do, I think, is mm-hmm. try and tie in all the old movies with the new movie, bring in the old villains, maybe re- repurpose them and repackage them a little bit. So you got Kristen Dunst, you got Alfred Molina, you got Jamie Foxx coming back because um, he was in the, the second round of, the second set of reboots. You've got, uh, you've got, uh, I, the one person I really could care less about is Toby. Um but he was okay, that person. I feel Spider-Man. the exact
0: same way about that. I, I I have to say that very honestly. I feel like it was like he was the one guy who just he wasn't able to get another job and they're like, all right, we're gonna we'll bring you back. It'll be like nostalgia. Cause this right. guy well, he he's just the what, dud. Well, the, the irony
1: of it all is that he's the one that um that is kind of like holding out.
0: Of course, he is. It's always the guy who's the least important dude who's making the biggest racket. You know, and right. I can't tell you how many deals I've been involved in, and I'm going to say more than two, where they were, you know, sold deals. And the lowest guy, you know, the person with the least credits or no credits or anything is the one who blows the whole deal up.
1: Right. Right. And that's so exactly he's guy, what he's doing guy. right now.
0: Listen, that's let me right. Tell you he's a doing a story about Toby. You want to know a little story?
1: Yeah. I want, I will. Yeah. Let's, let's hear a story.
0: I'm going to make it very good. I'm not going to use any names other than Toby. I'm with a guy who's a very big guy. Well, he's he's a medium guy in the industry. At the time, he was bigger. And Toby wanted to meet with this guy about something. And it was wherever we were, we were at one of these mall outside places. And we walk over, and he has no idea who I am. And he doesn't even look at me. He doesn't address me. He didn't think I existed. He was like, I'm talking to this guy. You're obviously not someone I need to even introduce myself to. And I said, okay, cool. I, I didn't say a word, but it was like kind of duly noted. And then I realized everything else I've heard all these years, I'm like, this is where this comes from. That's not the way a normal person behaves. Right. If I, if, I, if you walk up with someone and I go, hey, how you doing? I'm Cliff. Hey, how you doing? I'm Cliff. No, right. that's all I got. Right. But I'm saying, yeah. so, so with that type of behavior, if you tell me that he's the guy who's making a, the holdout, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a, obviously the guy who's making the holdout. It's it, I, to me. It's funny because he always felt to me like I. He, there's a
1: couple movies I actually really enjoyed him in. I, I enjoyed him in Wonder Boys, and uh, and a couple others. But in general, I always thought he was not. You know, he's he's kind of the. He always struck me as kind of the nerdy one. But he got somehow invited into uh, Leo's pussy party, or what is it, Pussy Posse?
0: What Did they do? they just did it on uh, America? What is it, was, Family Guy? So it, they just did it. Uh, what was oh Big Mouth? Oh yeah!
1: Oh yeah! Pussy posse kind of thing. Well, they
0: called it pussy posse, but we at Entourage really named the pussy posse. It was the first time anyone used pussy posse. It was season two at Comic Con. Oh, okay. Just saying, and that was the pussy okay. posse. Yeah. And we got, uh, oh my God, uh, Jesse Jane. Oh, that's right. Was the head of the pussy posse.
1: So okay, so that was, so, a, good, he, that was but, a good year. So, but that's but that's what I kind of mean with this, like he never felt like the guy that would, that had the right to be that way. He was the guy that you'd think that would needed to be um, a little bit better actor than everyone else, a little bit
0: more nice, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah, you can either be fat and nice or skinny, good-looking and a bitch. You can't be fat and a bitch. You're not going to have any friends. <laughs> yeah. It's just not yeah. going to work, man. you got to figure one out or the other. And this guy's like being fat and bitchy. It's, it's not okay. And again, you know, how blessed are you, man? You got all this property, you live in your life, you skated out of the, the poker thing that you obviously did something there, and uh, now you're getting to go do Spider-Man again when no one's seen you on a screen in anything that matters in the last 10 years. And you're giving, uh, you have mishigas going on. You want to make it a big deal. <sighs> yeah. It's, 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 it's bizarre to me. You're so lucky. All of it, everyone, uh, anyone involved in that is lucky. I'm not saying you're not talented, but you're also lucky. That's all I'm saying okay so so uh that being said i will say goodbye to everyone on facebook and we will have this all worked out on friday everyone thank you for uh tuning in and putting up with it and uh you it, know, no, you nice know sometimes it's not, not a big deal once in a while a it's not once me, it's not me. It's so not this I, time i feel kind of good about I'm that good about i'm gonna enjoy that so stay safe stay safe stay, stay strong what nope you're fine bye-bye okay
2: we'll see you friday